Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dennison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program, IU Football officially has their man, Kurt Signetti from James Madison University. A lot of success there. Really, he took over a program as we researched this guy. Very successful before he got there, but was able to take him up to the next level. But uh, he's had a career of building programs and a long career in football. And a lot of the people that know a lot more about college football and the job searches than what I do think Indiana got an outstanding hire and a guy that can come in and immediately change some culture. And I don't know that culture was a major issue under Tom Allen, but a guy that can completely come in and rebuild things from the ground up is what it sounds like Indiana targeted and Signetti, perhaps that guy. So a lot to talk about today. We'll get uh, more on the new IU coach coming in just uh, in just a moment with Matt Weaver of pigs.com. So stay with us for that. And a full hour today is a big game day for IU basketball tonight. They take on a solid Maryland team at Assembly Hall. We're rolling all weekend with high school basketball, some big games across the area here early in the season, and just a lot going right now. Really fun time uh, to be a sports fan, to be a basketball fan, to be an IU fan uh, here in the area, that's for sure. Let's look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, Matt Weaver, who we had yesterday, is right back with us today to talk about the new IU hire. He'll join us in just a moment. Of course, Matt is with Peaks.com. He's the IU football writer for Peaks, and he's been all over the coaching search and now uh, bringing lots of good content about the new coach for the Hoosiers. He'll be with us in just a moment. Also, later in the hour, Dylan Wallace, a former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, still a great friend of this show. He's with us Fridays. We'll get ready for IU Maryland tonight, take a look at college hoops as well, and then we'll wrap the day up with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star recruiting high school football over. It's all basketball and all winter sports now. And Kyle will be with us a little bit later in the hour. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out Honey Baked Ham today for lunch. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily. And they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even be able to find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Uh, Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to hear from you. Uh, I think generally IU fans excited about the new hire, but you can send in your thoughts. You can sound off on Coach Signetti, the new boss of the IU football team. 502-414-1450 is the text line number. And if you're looking for an icy cold refresher to keep your day going, 
going in the right direction. Right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com, with us now. Uh, he's been all over this situation with IU football. Kurt Signetti, he's the new boss of the Hoosiers. Your reaction to that, Matt Weaver? Oh, I think it's a terrific hire. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that early on I, I thought would be a good fit for Indiana. Um, he's a proven winner. Um, he's a guy that's rebuilt programs. Um, he was on Nick Saban's first staff at Alabama when he rebuilt that program. You know, a lot of people don't remember that, that Bama was down, and at least down by their standards. Um, you know, by year three, they won a national title. He was involved in recruiting a lot of great players they had there. And then goes to the lower levels of college football and rebuilds Indiana University at Pennsylvania, goes to Elon and completely turns that around. And then, you know, obviously James Madison was already good when he got there, but he's even taken it up a notch. And then over the last two years, he's gone, what, I think it's 19 and four um, as they transition from FCS to FBS and playing tougher competition. And, you know, he's a guy that can develop offenses. He's a play quarterback in college, uh, is known as a developer of quarterbacks and, and receivers and um you know his defenses at his at his stops have played well um so you know if you're going to nitpick anything you say well he's 62 well you see this guy's energy and you see the way he the way he is you know he's a young 62 and i think this is a guy that could coach for at least another decade matt weaver peaks.com on the new iu football coach of course as soon as a coach is hired uh, immediately the attention goes to who he's going to bring in as a staff and i think i've seen some reports earlier this morning that he plans to bring some of his key guys with him from James Madison. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, his um, defensive coordinator, Brian Haynes, who I believe played at Ball State. I need to look that, that name rings the bell. I think he was a linebacker at Ball State, if I'm not not mistaken. Um, his OC, Mike Shanahan, which um, as far as I know, I did a little research. I don't think he's related to the Mike Shanahan, you know, who coached in the NFL, was a terrific coach. Or his, um, the Kyle Shanahan, who's you know in the NFL as the head coach of the 49ers. And then Tino Sunseri, I think I'm pronouncing that right, the quarterback coach. So those three, it sounds like for sure are coming. I would think that there could be more from his staff, but it sounds like initially those are the three that uh, is kind of being, is out there as, as coming with him from James Madison to Indiana. Matt, I know we touched on this some yesterday when you joined us as this hire seemed possible or seemed imminent, but now that it's official, can you kind of size up IU football, the program overall, as the Big Ten Conference gets ready to add teams? NIL is obviously an ever-changing thing to the world of college sports, but where does Indiana stand? What are the biggest challenges for this new coach and coaching staff? And maybe what are the challenges for IU athletics as a whole when it comes to IU football if this program is truly going to take steps forward on and off the field? Well, I mean, obviously, the challenge in Indiana has has been for obviously years is just, you know, it's been a place that where winning's not been able to be sustained. You've had pockets of success, Bill Mallory probably having the most success, you know, so <clears throat> you got to overcome that. But you look at other schools, Duke has overcome that. You know, I mean, I know it's only a couple of years, but they've overcome it. <clears throat> Kansas has overcome it. North Carolina, you know, these places that are basketball schools have shown you can also win in football and be good in football. You know, the challenges for Coach Dignetti and his staff is, you know, you got to put, you got to, you got to rebuild the roster. Now there's like, I think there's around 20 guys from Indiana in the uh, portal. Maybe he'll want most of them back. Maybe he'll only want part of them back. You know, that'll, 
time will tell on that, but you know, he needs to, he needs to start talking to guys that he wants to bring back and maybe he wants to bring all of them back, but you know, he's got to fill in those gaps on the roster, you know, talk to the recruiting class, start recruiting, you know, he's already got to probably start looking at 25 recruits um, while he's trying to keep the 24 recruits. And then obviously, you know, the, the, the portal, whether it's guys in the portal that are from Indiana or new players that he, that he's going to try to bring in to fill in, you know, the, to uh, fix the depth issues that this, this roster has. You know, Indiana as a whole, I mean, NIL, I think, obviously seems to be going fine for basketball, which you would expect. And it seems to be improving for football, and there's probably still room to grow. But, you know, we've heard between 3 and $4 million, which is a really good start, and that's solid. You can compete with a lot of teams with that, and I know it seems to be some excitement. The next thing they need to do is they need to do facilities. The indoor at Indiana is just way below par. I mean, it's just not a Big Ten facility. And then just the stuff around, things you need to do. I mean, every year – you got to keep improving. You can't, or you're going to fall behind. It doesn't mean you have to throw tens of millions of dollars at something every year, but you got to keep improving every year and just adapting and evolving. And I think that's what they need to do. And it'll be interesting to see if we get anything from Scott Dolson today about future enhancements to the program. You know, as far as facilities or what they're going to do and, and things like that. So he's talking today when they introduce Coach Signetti at two thirty, and it'll be interesting to see if we get any kind of um, you know insight into what their future plans are. So, Matt, you think that potentially, in addition to a new IU coach, there could be maybe an opportunity here for an announcement of some additional funding or commitment when it comes to facilities and those off-the-field things that are so very important. you think that's possible at this juncture as well? Yeah, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's been whispers about that, and you just, you know, I, I would think that this is, if you're going to do it, this would, I don't know if it'll be today, but I would think in this kind of time period, you know, as you're getting into the new year and, you want people to buy season tickets and, and you want people to obviously donate to the NIL and, and to the university, you know, to the athletic department, you would do things to get them excited. Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to make some serious improvements to some of the things that have fallen behind as far as our facilities or things that need to be upgraded with the program. Um, so, like I said, I don't know if that's going to be today. I don't know if they'll talk about it at that, you know, and, and like I said, this is just kind of things that are kind of, you hear through the grapevine. But at some point, you know, you got to start. They haven't, you know, really done, you know, a lot facility-wise since the South End Zone, um, which was, you know, obviously significant. But that's been around for now a few years, so it's time to, you know, do. Or they didn't make the announcement about, you know, making a football-only weight room. But there's still more to be done, and hopefully, you know, we start to get some news on that going forward. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, talking about IU's new football hire. Uh, as far as players that have entered the transfer portal or announced their indications to uh, to enter the transfer portal, a new coaching staff, potentially a new style, potentially some guys they want to bring in. Uh, there's always that view of a fresh start, and the transfer portal offers, oppor- offers opportunities to really overhaul things a lot quicker than it used to take. Um, do you think that there's a chance some of these guys are recruited by Coach Signetti to return and maybe reconsider their decision? Or do you think that there will ultimately be a lot of departures from this IU football program for next season? Yeah, I mean, time will tell. I, I, I mean, listen, I, if I'm Kirk Stegetti, I'm recruiting Don McCauley. I'm recruiting Carter Smith. I'm recruiting some of these other players, you know, some linemen that you've lost. I'm recruiting Brendan Soresby. You know, now some of it will depend. I mean, you, you know, there, this is where NIL plays a part. Um, you know, can you make it work <clears throat> with an NIL deal for these guys? And what kind of other um, offers are they getting as far as that goes from other schools? So, but if you're a quarterback – Kirk Sinetti is the kind of guy you want to play for. He develops quarterbacks, and they have good they have good numbers under him. They 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 play well. 
he coached Julio Jones, and I'm not saying Don McCauley's Julio Jones. Julio Jones is one of the best receivers I've ever seen in the NFL. But, I mean, he coached guys who have played at that level, gone on to play in the NFL, you know, and, and, and been really good. So, to me, he would be an appealing choice, especially if you're on offense. And, like I said, his defensive coach staff has done a good job of, of having, you know, really good units on that side of the ball. So, I think a lot of these guys, if Kurt Signetti is interested in bringing them back, they would have a lot of interest in coming back. It'll just be, you know, can you make it work? Is it a good fit? Maybe, you know, maybe you meet with him and personality-wise, it's not a good fit. There's nothing wrong with that. It just happens. But, you know, he seems like a guy that's going to appeal to a lot of players. He's got a personality that, to me, I think a lot of guys would want to play for. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a good chance you can bring some of these guys back. And I've heard that Brennan Sorsby and Don McCauley are open to hearing from the new coach before they make any decision about their future. So, I think there's a good shot, and if not, then that's when you have to start going to the portal and trying to replace the guys that you, you aren't able to convince. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, talking IU football to begin the program. Coach Signetti, his connections, he's one of these guys. His family was very involved in college football. He obviously has been very involved. If you go back through all the different stops on his resume as an assistant coach or other positional uh, opportunities he had, and, of course, more recently as a head coach. But where do you think his recruiting base is? Uh, what will be his strongest areas historically maybe that he's been able to recruit uh, over the years? And I guess he's really going to be pretty spread out, I would think, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as specific areas, that might be tough. I would say definitely in the southeast. I mean, you're in Alabama, so you're going to be recruiting Florida. You're going to recruit Georgia. You know, you're going to recruit the, the SEC-type country. He was at NC State, so he's, you know, and then he was at Elon, which is in, um, I believe, in North Carolina. You know, James Madison's there in Virginia, so you're talking ACC country. Um, you know, maybe he has some contacts even around, you know, D.C. produces a ton of talent. I mean, it's a, that's a really good football area, the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. Um, a lot of players there. Um, <clears throat> you know, as far as, the you know, the Midwest, that may be where he has to do some work. You know, but if, you know, if he brings back some guys, you know, there's a few guys on the staff that have actually been in Indiana's GAs. Um, I don't know if those guys are coming back. Like I said, Brian Haynes, I believe, is, in, you know, familiar with this area. So you, I would think you'd have a guy or two on your staff that has some connections here in the Midwest. But recruiting has become national, and you know it's all about relationships. If he gets out there and he makes relationships, he makes coaches feel comfortable about sending their kids to play for him. I don't think you'll have any problem. You know, it may take a little time to develop those relationships, but you know, I think you know, he's a ball coach, and I think guys are going to respect him. I think they're going to gravitate to him, and I think he's having trouble. You know, I mean, obviously recruiting Indiana is not easy. We know that it's not tough. I mean, not not. It is tough. It's not. It's not. It's not easy to get. You know, great players. There are good players in the state, but you got to branch out. There's just not enough. But I think he's going to appeal to a lot of these guys who maybe weren't looking at Indiana before, especially some in-state guys. Maybe they give them more of a chance. You know, going forward. But you know, at the end of the day, it's still going to come down to how you do on the field and 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 you know how successful you are. It, that usually translates to recruiting. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. The official announcement of his hiring coming this afternoon. Is that correct? What all surrounds his announcement today? Yeah, there will be a press conference in the in the team room uh, down there in, in the um, uh, north end zone of uh, Memorial Stadium. Uh, Scott Dolson is scheduled to speak, and obviously, you know, Coach Signetti. There's already been uh, tweets, hot video of him. He's already landed. He's already in town. Um, him and his wife, and you know, showed him coming off the plane and everything. So, kind of cool the tweets that they put out. So. Uh, looking forward to hearing him talk and, and, and just, you know, his vision for Indiana and, and you know, uh, you know obviously why he wanted to come here and, and you know, what uh, what makes him excited to be the IU coach. And like I said, I think IU fans should be excited. This is this guy's a winner. Um, it's not going to be easy. 
Indiana is not an easy job, but he's been at places where it's not been easy, and he goes in and he immediately impacts the success of the program. And I think he'll have a, a really big impact on IU, but it's up, for, it's up to IU to give him everything he possibly needs to be successful. And if they do that, I think you could have an, something you know going on with Indiana football that you haven't seen in a long time. Mm, very interesting. Matt, unrelated, before we let you go, someone asked me this yesterday. What, what do you think is next for Tom Allen? Will he continue to coach? Will he uh, pursue head coaching positions that come open at other schools this offseason? What do you think could be next for him? Well, I think he coaches. I would be surprised if Tom Allen doesn't coach. He's a, he's a football coach. Um, it's in his blood. His dad was a coach. You know, he's been a coach, you know, for, you know, I mean, basically since he got out of college. Um, you know, he's done with his playing career. I think he's going to have. I think he's going to have um, uh, a lot of uh, options. I think a lot of these schools, as you get through the bowl season and their staff changes, um, and I think schools that have maybe gotten rid of their DC or there's some schools that maybe there's been a coaching change and they're you know looking. At, I think he's going to have a lot of options as a defensive coordinator. He's a, he's he. I know it went poorly in Indiana. It, it went off the rails after 2019, 2020. Tom Allen's a good defensive coach. He was a good D.C. before he came to IU. I know maybe the results when he was a D.C. at times in the end didn't show up, but I think that was because of all the other things that he had to deal with as the head coach. If he can just be the D.C. and focus on that side of the ball and just be that guy and in that role, I think he'll do a great job, and I think a school who hires him is going to get a really good coach, and I think they'll be fortunate to have him. All right, Matt com. Great stuff, and thanks for uh, back-to-back days. I think that's a new record on the show, so we appreciate all your insight on IU football. Look forward to catching up again very soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, Matt com. You can read his work at the Peegs.com website, again, P-E-E-G-S. And if you want to follow Matt on Twitter, it's at M-B underscore Weaver. Again, M-B underscore Weaver. Great uh, source when it comes to IU football, that is for sure. High school basketball tonight across the area. A couple games of interesting to me is uh, New Albany hosting Evansville Harrison and also on Saturday, New Albany hosting Kokomo. Not quite sure what to make as far as do I think that Saturday game will be real competitive? Perhaps it will be, but really interested to see Flory Badunga in person who is headed to Kansas. And, of course, at one time with somebody on this show that we talked about uh, basically every day when uh, he was considering Indiana down the stretch there before he ultimately eliminated the Hoosiers. Also tonight, Jeffersonville on the road at Evansville North. Curious about that game uh, to see how the Red Devils bounce back after a season-opening loss at Indianapolis Cathedral. You know, Silver Creek has had a nice start to the season. I thought they have had good wins over Floyd Central and Charlestown. They go to Columbus North tonight and to Austin on Saturday. So those will be uh, interesting as well. Just a couple things that stand out when you look across the area. And Saturday night, Providence at Borden. I think the Pioneers are a big favorite there, but uh, we'll see how that one goes. So some interesting things to pay attention to with high school basketball this weekend. So glad that we're it's back and we've got high school hoops running alongside all the college stuff as well. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wallace. We'll talk more on IU football and the new coach, Coach Kurt Signetti, taking over the program with an announcement coming later this afternoon officially from Scott Dolson and IU Athletics. And we'll spend time on IU Maryland basketball. Big one tonight for the Hoosiers. Tough one at Assembly Hall and a real important two-game stretch coming up. You really want to see if you're an Indiana fan 
the Hoosiers win at least one of these games to make an early mark in the Big Ten standings. So a tough stretch coming up for the Hoosiers in general, as we've talked about some this week. So if they could win one of the next two, two of the next four, I think that would be absolutely outstanding. Okay, so we'll be back here in just a few. Uh, give us uh, with uh, Dylan Wallace and stay with us. You're listening to a Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday show. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 if you have a question or a comment. And Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour News. And let me get this correct, Seymour Tribune is with us here on this Friday show. And uh, Dylan's still a great friend of the show, still keeps up with everything from an IU perspective and really college sports as a whole. And he's with us on Fridays. Uh, Dylan, we just spent the first segment with Matt Weaver of Peaks talking about the new IU f- football coach, Kirk Signetti. But I want to give you the opportunity as well. Before we transition to basketball, your thoughts on the hire. Did Scott Dolson get the guy he wanted uh, with all the uh, the tools in the box to maybe help change IU football? I think it's definitely the guy Scott Dolson wanted. Um, when you look at just how quickly this, this coaching search went for Indiana, um, you know, it, it moved pretty fast for the Hoosiers. Um, and it, it kind of shows that they kind of had their eyes set on on Signetti and um, the fact that they're able to bring him in, I think, is is a good thing. I think right now the the general consensus is everyone's pretty happy about it. I think what what he's been able to do in his stops, previous stops in college football, has all been pretty impressive. Obviously, the most recent stuff that he's done with James Madison, you know, they're coming off an eleven and one season this past year. Um, you know, obviously it's a little bit of a step down than when you come into the Big Ten, but from what he's done from a programming building perspective um, and the way he's been able to really build up his teams, create good programs, create good culture, create winning teams. Um, you hope you can carry that over as he makes his move up in the ranks here. Um, I saw a report a couple hours ago that he might be hiring some of his, his JMU coaches. Some of them might bring to Indiana. You know, there's a OC, Mike Shanahan, not the one we all know, but a, a different one with the same name uh, as the offensive coordinator. And, um, so that could be interesting, a quarterback coach in D.C. So um, you, you think at what they did at James Madison, if they can carry over that success to Indiana, um, you know, it could, it could be a good start for this program to really get a guy in who can sort of change up the culture like I think he put out in his statement. We'll obviously hear more from him at, at 2 o'clock or 2.30 today when he talks to the media. But I think overall people are pretty happy with this hire, and I think it was it was good. I think there were a lot of names like – you know, the former Wisconsin coach, Paul Christ, out there that people were iffy about. But this one feels like it was a, a pretty good decision, and I think fans are excited about it, which is good. Um, and I think he just, he just met with the team recently. They, Indiana football tweeted out a picture of that. So I, I like to hire right now. Um, I think it's a good step for, for, for him and for Indiana. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I think he's done a lot of good things, and hopefully it carries over to the Hoosiers um, and we can become a little bit more of a competitive football program. Talking with Dylan Wallace uh, on IU football to start, but now Dylan, we got to get to basketball because the Hoosiers 
have what I think will be a tough game at home tonight against Maryland. And, you know, this Indiana team at 5-1, and one, I guess if you look at who they've played and what you would expect the results to be uh, coming into the season, the, the record is about where it should be. I think it's probably what we all would have predicted uh, at this point. But with that said, it's not been smooth. It's not been easy. There have been scary moments against some of the lower-level teams on the IU schedule so far. And uh, just some really uh, tough moments for this team to work through. So as they head into this game tonight, uh, golly, 5-1 and one might be the record, but it seems like they've really had to battle to get to this point. It's pretty incredible. If you told everybody at this point, December 1st, they'd be 5-1 and one with the schedule they've played, you'd be like, yep, that's probably where about I expect them to be. They probably lost to UConn, not a bad loss. It's fine, and they beat everybody else. Um, the problem is, everybody else has come in a fashion that hasn't been very fun to watch. And there's been a lot of concerns and red flags that have popped up with this team. Um, you know, in the end, the record is what it is. And that's a good thing that they haven't dropped any of these really tough, these games that would have been really bad on the schedule, but um, it hasn't looked how anyone thought it does. And I think despite being five and one expectations are maybe being a little lowered right now, but from what everyone kind of previously thought this team could be, uh, it's still probably too early to make any definitive kind of remarks about who this team can be, you know, as we head down the stretch of the season. I think this upcoming stretch for Indiana is, is going to be huge. We're going to be tested again in the next four games. It's going to be really important to see how they play. Um, and tonight's a huge one. You know, you want to get off to a one of those start in the Big Ten Conference, and you're at home against a Maryland team that has struggled just as much as you have. Um, you know, they've, they've lost to UAB. They lost to Davidson. Um, you know, they, they lost to Villanova, which is understandable. But, you know, other than that, you know, Maryland hasn't been all that impressive so far this year. And they were had a pretty good team last season. They beat Indiana at home. Um, they're going to be a, a tough team to play just because it's a Big Ten. It's a conference game. Those games are always tough. They got a familiar face and Jordan Geronimo on their squad. So, Hoosier fans, we'll, we'll see him again. But this is a huge game to come out and, and get, a, get off to a good start in the Big Ten. And, you know, these, these next two games against Maryland and Michigan, I think, are going to be huge because Michigan is another team that – hasn't really played well out of the gates. So, you know, if Indiana somehow can win these first two Big Ten games, um, I think people will start to feel a little bit better about this team, that they might start figuring some things out. You know, I think the second half of Harvard, even though it is just Harvard, but without Xavier Johnson, I thought Indiana looked a little better on the form, what they were doing. Obviously, you got more from Mackenzie and Baco. So um, there's been some, some some small little steps of growth we've seen from this team, but it's still not as good and as clean as we thought it'd be on the court right now. But you know, you have a lot of opportunities on your schedule coming up here to sort of get things rolling in the right direction. And um, some wins here early in the conference could really kind of propel Indiana to that Auburn-Kansas slate that's coming up in a few weeks here, which will be huge as well. So I'm um, really curious to see. It hasn't been great so far, but there's a lot of good opportunities on the schedule to uh, see if they can start to figure some things out. Maryland is, I think, an interesting team in the Big Ten Conference. I've always been a fan of Kevin Willard as a as a coach, and um, he's brought in some talent. He's got some key returning players, but also some newcomers as well. Um, I'm really not sure exactly how you matches up with Maryland tonight. I do think this will be a tough one. Yeah, I think it'll be tough too, especially because I think the status of Xavier Johnson is still kind of up in the air. Um, you know, so without your starting point guard. Uh, that could be something that could really hinder this team because Maryland, remember them last year, have a lot of really good guard play. So um, that's going to be a, a tough one for Indiana if they're not able to have Xavier Johnson in the game. 
But I do think, you know, it's definitely a variable winnable game because you're at home. You know, it'll be probably a good crowd. The students are still on campus before they go for for uh, Christmas break. So um, I'm I'm excited to see how many that comes out and plays this game. Maryland's going to obviously be coming out, fired up to play, but it's going to be an interesting game for the Hoosiers to see if they can do it. They still have Julian Reese, who's a, who's a pretty big problem in the paint. I mean, he was really good last year. He's a year older now. And they still have Jameer Young, who, um, you know, just kind of tortured Indiana last year with how fast he is on the ball. And, you know, with Indiana's ability, their struggle, I guess, to, to, to contain the ball so far this season, with a guy as fast as Jameer Young, um, that could cause with problems because he could drive and kick, and we know how Indiana is in, in giving up open three-pointers. So that could be much of an issue, especially if you don't have Xavier Johnson, who, you know, in theory would be kind of your, your main kind of ball-point attack guy on defense. So um, this team can cause some problems matchup-wise. They're fast, they're athletic, um, they're pretty long. So um, this could be a really tough game for the Hoosiers. And, you know, if they come out like how they've played, you know, in some of these other games against lower-level teams, I think we all kind of said, okay, you know, your, your talent was enough to beat Wright State. Your talent was enough to beat Florida Gulf Coast. It was enough to beat Louisville and Harvard. But, um, you know, if you if you have some of these spurts and these, these lulls in games against a Maryland, against a Michigan and Auburn, however these teams coming up, um, you're not going to be able to recover as easily. So, Getting off to a good start is going to be huge for Indiana. Ride that home crowd. Um, hopefully their their defensive intensity is, is, is kind of a lot more picked up for this game. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. And I think if it's a, if it's a win, you know, the spread's only three points right now, so they're expecting a close game. Um, this would be a really positive win for the Hoosiers. And um, I think if being at home, they got to go get – they lose this game, I think fans are going to be pretty concerned about this season because it's that first opener at home. And, you know, Maryland's a team you should, in theory, be able to beat. Talking with Dylan Wallace here on this Friday edition of our program. You know, Jordan Geronimo coming back to town. I know you mentioned this, but uh, I'm curious to see. I don't think he's had uh, the start maybe to the season that, you know, the Maryland coaches would have hoped. But I am really interested in Geronimo. I always uh, was when he first arrived in Bloomington as far as where he would fit in and what kind of player I thought he could develop into given his freak athleticism that he has. But I'll be watching this game tonight as normal, but with a watchful eye on Geronimo to see what he does. And I'm sure a lot of Indiana people will be doing the same thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he's been, he's a player that we would always talk about going into every off season. He's the guy we expect to take that leap. You know, ever since he was recruited to Indiana, he was a guy you thought would be a couple of year project, but he would really grow into a player. And, you know, we were excited about him every offseason, but, you know, he had some flashes here and there, especially at the end of his sophomore year in the Big Ten tournament and the, the NCAA tournament. But it's never kind of worked out. You know, he never really could, could figure it out. He could never really be that perimeter player that he needed to be for Indiana in terms of ball handling and shooting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a tough go for him. He had a really slow start to the year. I mean, you just look at his point totals. It was 2-4-4-2. But these last three games, you know, he had nine points. He had 14, and then he had 15. So he's, he looks like he's starting to get into more of a rhythm. So I think he's in the starting lineup for them as well. At least I saw one game earlier this season. He was in the starting lineup. So I think he's a starter for his Maryland team. Um, he seems like he's playing a little bit better as of late. Um, so I'll be curious to see how he comes out against Indiana and, um, you know, just to see how he looks. Does he look any different? Does, does his style of play look any different with his middle of the offense? Um, and also, like, you know, you're always curious. How does the crowd going to react to a player like that that, you know, it didn't end badly between Indiana and Jordan Geronimo. It was just clearly a time for, for them to cut their ties with each other. You know, he gave some the fans some good moments and fun moments in Assembly Hall, some good energy play. So I'll be curious to see how the students react to him if they're going to 
you know, be hard on them and boom every time he touches the ball. If they're kind of giving maybe a cheer early on, um, it'll be curious to see how that plays out for him as well. But he's had a rough start, but I think he's starting to play a little bit better. But yeah, this Maryland team, it's kind of the, the theory of them too. They've, they've had a slow start. Looks like they may be starting to, to put up some more points and then have a little bit better flow offensively. But um, so it's going to be a tough game. And I'm curious to see how Geronimo looks against Indiana because, um, you know, they obviously know what his strengths and weaknesses are. And we'll see if they can exploit them and, and try to get this win. Talking with Dylan Wallace, a mix of IU football and IU basketball today. Golly, Dylan, I was looking at things earlier this week. I know this has come up on the show. What a tough stretch for Indiana over the next four games or so. Two big conference games, two big non-conference games. A little closer to Christmas, Indiana will get a chance to play some mid-majors before getting back into Big Ten play after the first of the year. But if you're an Indiana, you know, if you're Mike Woodson, what, what's the goal here for tournament resume, for early start in the conference? Do you do you try to you try? Obviously, you want to want to win all of them, right? But but what's realistic right. here? Does Indiana can they get one of the next four and be okay? Do they need two of four to hold their own? What what do you see here? I think a, a split is is what you're hoping for. Um, you know, I think to bear, this game tonight, I think fans are think should be a win against Maryland at home. Um, that would be a good start to the stretch. You know, at Michigan, they, in, historically they haven't played super well in Ann Arbor the last few years. They got the win there last year in a pretty ugly game. So, you know, you would hope you could maybe steal that one. I think the Auburn game is going to be a loss. I know Auburn isn't ranked yet, but I've seen them play a couple times against Baylor, um, against some other teams, and, and they've looked pretty good so far this season. Um, I think they just the way they play is going to pose a lot of problems for Indiana, and it's kind of a quasi-home game for Auburn, even though it's not really in their, their home stadium. And, you know, I think you, you hope the assembly hall magic of that Kansas atmosphere will kind of propel them to one of those performances on December 16th. You know, Kansas has not looked super great so far this season. You know, they, they're their most recent game against Eastern Illinois. You know, they were, they were down three with about two and a half minutes to play in that game. So, you know, they're really struggling at home against an Eastern Illinois team. Um, they've had some good wins. Marquette beat them pretty handily. Um, you know, they beat Kentucky and they beat Tennessee, which are two positive wins. But they've just kind of been somewhat up and down for the most part. So I think if Indiana, you know, has the juice of that home crowd in Sunday Hall and, and then maybe maybe by the end of that stretch, that four-game stretch, they've, they've started to figure some things out, you know, there could be a chance they could win that Kansas game at home. But I'm looking for a split. Um, I think I would it would be fun to watch them get off to a 2-0 start in the Big Ten. You know, the, to win Maryland and, and Michigan, these next two coming up. But if you, if you split these two Big Ten games, then I hope you split one of Auburn and Kansas, too. And it's probably, you know, if you chalk it up, probably hoping you win in the Kansas game at home. So I, I hope they go 2-2 two and two in this stretch. I feel pretty good about it. 1-3, and three, you know, you, you wouldn't love that. You would still feel like, okay, it was a tough, tough stretch. You know, you're fine with it. But I, I think it wouldn't be what we expected this team to be able to do competitively this year. So I, I hope they split it or, you know, if they go three and one, that'd be amazing. But, uh, you know, I, I think splitting it would be a fun, a good route to go. And I think I feel pretty comfortable with it as you gear up for big 10 play after that. So it's going to be a tough stretch. We're going to learn a lot more about this team, which is why these games in December and November are so important. You know, you get to learn a lot about them. You get to test them battle ready for, for the conference play. So I think it's a good thing in general for this team to be able to play games like this and, and, you know, figure things out quicker than they might have if they just had an easy schedule. So, overall, I think the schedule's positive. Hopefully, you can just make some wins out of it. And uh, I'm hoping for a 2-2 two and two stretch in this, in this upcoming four. 
Matt uh, talking with Dylan Wallace uh, here on this Friday show. Dylan, great stuff. Uh, we'll see how things play out tonight. It should be a good one. Thanks for the chat today. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. All right, Dylan is with us on Friday. He's always a fun guy to have with us. Uh, game tonight on the Big X. Pre-game coverage begins one hour before tip-off. Of course, always great to hear Don Fisher and crew. I mentioned the pregame specifically because a lot of times with Don Fisher is where you maybe get the early word on uh, things like Xavier Johnson and his status. It's kind of up in the air for uh, tonight and really for the upcoming games. But tip-off, uh, 7 o'clock tonight, pregame coverage at 6 here on the Big X with, uh, of course, the legendary voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, and the IU Network crew. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk a little high school basketball and recruiting. Stay with us for that here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday show. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. High school basketball is here, and we'll get to that with Kyle Neddenrip in just a moment. But, Kyle, a lot of discussion today about Kurt Signetti, the new IU football coach. And, obviously, when we talk with you, it's high school stuff. It's recruiting. You keep a pulse on high school football in our state as well. And, I think at times Tom Allen and his staff were fairly connected with the programs and some of the key Division I prospects in the state of Indiana. But a new coach, a new day, will sure be interested to see uh, how he's able to handle some of the locals, especially coming out of the Indianapolis metropolitan area where there seems to be uh, the most football talent in our state year in and year out. Yeah, and that'll be interesting in the next three weeks, kind of how that plays out with uh, not only the guys they have currently committed, but, you know, maybe some others they can sway, you know, before signing day. So, you know, that that uh, that time's kind of ticking right now, and it becomes very, you know, very important uh, to get things locked up. And, and as we know, most of these guys will be signing in this early this early period. So, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, that'll definitely matter to get your feet on the ground right away. You know, it's not, and again, it's, it's more about building those relationships in the future. And, and, and Tom Allen actually, you know, he did do a really good job of that. Obviously he's from here and, and had a lot of, you know, I think a lot of goodwill uh, within the high school football community, having been a former high school coach, obviously. So that, that helped a lot in, in this state, but you know, just couldn't, uh, you know, regain the momentum that they had a few years ago. And, and I did have a chance this morning. I was actually talking to a, a former player, uh, Connor Christensen played at Fishers about 10 years ago. And, uh, he, he actually had, uh, Signetti as a coach at Elon. So, you know, and I'll have that story up here later today, but, you know, interesting insight into how he kind of built that program at Elon, uh, in two years. And then he went to, uh, James Madison right after that. So, you know, that, that was, it was interesting talking to Connor about that. And it's been, you know, that was 2017 and 18, uh, that he was there at Elon, but some interesting 
comments he had. And, and I think, uh, you know, some, some comments, I think that kind of show what he's all about and in his background, he's a little bit no nonsense, which I think is good for that program. And, you know, obviously he's done it at a, at a different level at James Madison, but, you know, honestly, if you, you know, he, that program's in a really good spot, you know, and it's, I think some people are even surprised he left there uh, to come to IU, but that shows his confidence, I think, in what he's getting into. And, and uh, you know, the fact that he's, he's been around some great coaches too, I think it's only going to help him. Talking with Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, you had a great story. It was called Coaches Confidential, where you asked Central Indiana basketball coaches, of course anonymously, uh, what you thought, what they thought, excuse me, were some of the biggest challenges facing uh, the, the sport of high school basketball in our state. And it's a, it's a story for Indy Star subscribers. It's something I know you worked extremely hard on to pull all that together. But can you maybe just preview that story and tell us some of the things that came to the top of the list for people that want to check out that full report? Yeah, uh, yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that. It's a, you know, we do this, you know, probably, I don't know if every year, but, you know, kind of throw out some questions uh, to coaches to answer anonymously. And, you know, I know people are, you know, I don't, I don't use anonymous sources unless it's for this purpose. You know, it's it's basically to, to get at some reactions that you wouldn't otherwise, people obviously aren't going to be fully um, transparent if you don't put it anonymously. So we kind of give them that, you know, opportunity and, you know, and, and, but yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of it was, there's a lot of different answers to be honest with you. These official shortage is one of them. the question we asked is what's the biggest issue facing high school basketball in the next decade, you know, and we had some on officiating, we had some on, you know, class, the, the imbalance of school sizes that continue to get, uh, there's more and more discrepancy. Um, you know, unrealistic parents was one that came up uh, several times. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of a wide range. It's it's interesting. A lot of this, a lot, some of the same things came up. Recruiting was another one, definitely. Uh, how do you get a handle on, on high schools recruiting kids or, you know, transfer uh, situations um, that are you know, becoming more, I would say, more rampant or more, visible i i would say um you know there are some other some other things that came up as well maybe to a lesser extent like you know what are we going to do with the shot clock or you know things like that as well and and uh, you know so it's it, it's sort of wide ranging the transfer one i think was one that came up quite a bit uh maybe more than others um you know and just kind of sort of the expectations from parents unrealistic uh and then you know, which kind of leads to driving coaches out, I think, at a, at a certain level. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting, I think, to, to read those. And, and, you know, like I said, those coaches aren't going to speak freely, you know, if, if they're not granted that anonymity, but I think it's interesting to read what they, what they're thinking and then allow them a chance to just be honest. And, and, you know, they certainly have the right to be honest if they want to and put their name on it. Uh, and, and we do this without, you know, they, they can speak anonymously without, you know, slandering somebody personally, you know, so I don't think it's harmful in that regard. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's just something we do every year or, or maybe every year, maybe not quite every year, but, uh, but I think it gives a little insight into what they're thinking. Kyle, the high school season is underway. I know there've been some good games in your area as well as ours. Have you had a chance to get out yet in any early season thoughts at this point? 
Yeah, I mean, we'll find out more. I'm, I'm headed to Fisher's Noblesville tonight, and then the Sneakers for Santa event is all day tomorrow at uh, Brownsburg. So a lot of really good players and teams will be uh, participating in that. But, uh, but yeah, I've seen, let's see, I went to Franklin Central, Lawrence Central on Tuesday. Uh, Lawrence Central is sort of a, a new team, basically, with with some pieces that they've had in the past, but sort of a new start for them. And Franklin Central's got a good young player, uh, uh, EJ Hazlitt, who's a sophomore, uh, being recruited by IU and others, and a good chance to see him play a little bit. And then uh, I did see North Central and Brownsburg last week. So I've only been to a couple of games so far. You know, there hasn't been a ton. There will be a lot this weekend, so I'll see a lot of teams play this weekend and uh, Saturday, and then next week is the uh, Southport. Uh, form tip-off classic so that'll be another opportunity to see a whole lot of teams in a in a uh, in a single day in single venue so uh, but yeah fisher's uh, noblesville tonight early season conference game those teams both ranked uh, pretty high fisher's actually ranked number one which it kind of surprised me a little bit i've been putting uh, lawrence north number one for now but uh but yeah, Fisher's a really good team, even without Jalen Harrelson. That kind of shows you what they've got. And then Noblesville's loaded too, so I'm I'm curious to see that game tonight. Okay, Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, have a great weekend. Thanks for the chat. We'll uh, catch up with you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, Kyle is with us Fridays, and that's going to wrap things up. Don't forget IU tonight here on the Big X. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. Have a great weekend. Back with you Monday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.